0: minute and breathe in deep I'm gonna read Psalm 123 to us I lift my eyes to you to you who is enthroned in heaven as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master as the eyes of a female servant looks to the hand of her mistress so our eyes look to you Lord our God till you show us mercy. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Lord. For we have endured no end of contempt. We have endured no end of ridicule from the arrogance, of contempt from the proud. We're on a journey together this summer, uh, a worship journey together, and we're walking through the 15 psalms called the Psalms of Ascent's. And these Psalms would have been like a playlist to the Israelites, if you will, when they would go on these road trips together. They would walk and they would pilgrimage to Jerusalem together, their family, the grandkids, all together to worship God, to celebrate these different feasts throughout the year. And Janet and Alexander, one of our interns, did a wonderful job last week reminding us of the reality of this journey that it would be hot, it would be tiring. There'd be so many things to complain about, so many things to remember as they're getting on this journey of why life wasn't the way they expected it to be. My name is Tony Gapastone, and I'm uh, privileged to be one of the pastors here on staff. And I've been here in this community for 18 years, and sometimes I can't even believe that it's been so long. And I have found my wife in this community. We're raising our kids in this community. And as we go through these psalms this summer... God has been speaking to me so specifically about my own complaints, about how easy it is for me to take my eyes off of him who's enthroned in heaven, who is so good and righteous, and to focus on the things that I'm really not happy about. Let me take you back to uh, about a month ago. My wife and I uh, were sitting down at dinner. I get home around 5.30-ish and uh, the kids are getting dinner ready and we sit down to eat. You know, three kids, five, seven, and nine, right? Uh, All wanting attention, all wanting my wife's attention. Sometimes I come home and I feel like, do I even exist? Because everyone's like, mom, 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 mom. Those of you who have kids know what that feels like. And uh, my kids were around the table eating and interrupting each other. It was one of those moments like, can I just talk to my wife for a minute? They had finished their food. And we said, Hey guys, go outside and play. Awesome. So my wife had like two minutes before we heard a scream. Ah, like they're fine. (laughs) We kept talking. All of a sudden, the door swings open. My oldest daughter comes in and is like, Okay, so we all went up to the swings. We were walking up the steps, uh-huh, and, uh huh. And I was on the swing first, but then um, Louisa wanted the swing, and so then we had to fight about it. But then I, got a, I let her get on the swing, and she was going around and around, uh huh. And then she fell, <laughs> and I think she broke her arm. We're like, What? Like, didn't you just say she broke her arm right away? So I run out there. I walk up to the, the the swing. And I'm so embarrassed to say, like, my first response wasn't like, are you okay? It was like, how did this happen? You know? I grab her. I, she's like, oh, my arm. Now, granted, this is the second time in eight months in which this same daughter has fallen in some way, shape, or form that would require an ER visit. So, we go to the ER that night, and all I can think about is this totally changes our summer plans. <laughs> we live at this pool, the PCC pool. Like We can literally walk. It takes us less than five minutes to get there. We are there almost every day. and day. I'm thinking, cast, no swimming. Oh, my goodness. And immediately I start focusing on myself. So... Fast forward to a few days after that, you know, she's got her cast, the second one in a year. The first one was here because she had broken her wrist. Well, she broke the other side of her wrist, and they were really concerned because it was a growth plate break. So they said, just to be safe, we're going to put a, a cast all the way up her arm. So now she's like this, you know, she's got this cast going on for a month. Okay, it was only a month, but okay, not the whole summer, but it's a month where now we've got to get creative, now we can't just go to the pool. You know, I can't just sit and read a book or, or scroll on my phone. When my kids swim. Now we got to go on hikes. Now we got to get seasoning passes to Great America. And I'm like focused on myself, but I'm out of the house 50 hours a week. That's my wife. It's mostly on my wife's so when I'm frustrated and sad for her. And So it's Sunday morning. Usually Sunday mornings are pretty cool. I like engaging in the music. I have, you know, it's getting to this building and then what happens after this building. That's not always the best because I'm not in the best frame of mind. But usually during the gatherings, I can focus. I love the songs. I love being able to worship God through music. But I'm sitting in the gathering and I'm looking out the window and I'm singing maybe some great song. I didn't have the experience Katie had in that moment. I started complaining to God. Like, God... Why did this have to happen? This totally ruins everything. Now, you know, we're not going to have those experiences that we thought we were going to have. It's going to make it really inconvenient for me. We have to do a lot of extra work now to enjoy this summer. And God, in his grace, so good. He says, the reason you're complaining is because you want to be God. You think you could have done it better. I'm like, yes, I could have done it better. I wouldn't have let her fall off the swing. But in that moment, he invited me to take my eyes off myself and my situation and to focus on him, like as the Psalm 23 says, 123 says, who is enthroned in heaven, the one who's the master, creator, and founder of the universe, who's always good, always just, always right, always fair. As I was complaining, God reminded me that every complaint Or, argument or things that I'm frustrated about that consumes me, consumes my thoughts or my words, reveals I have pride, reveals that I think I could do things better. And I do. That's my humble confession. I do. And so I have to come back to him and say, wait, okay, I know who you are, God. I know what you're about. I know what the scriptures say you're about. In fact, if you look at uh, Philippians chapter 2, it's in your notes. Paul, the writer of Philippians, um, under the distractions part here, invites us to do everything without complaining or arguing. Do everything without grumbling, another word you can put in there, or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault. In a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And as Paul writes, Word of Life, we need to be thinking about our the scripture, like these psalms that which we're singing and praying about this summer, but also the Word Himself, who is Jesus Christ, to cling to Him just like we sang to Him: Jesus Christ, you are my one desire. When I focus my thoughts there, the complaints and the arguments and all the things that fill my heart and mouth dissipate. Now, um, my... Kids happen to have a pastor who is their father, and they have a preschool teacher who is their mother. So, we often have little um, object lessons that happen in our home. And my wife was doing a felt project for the preschool here, and I said, "Oh, let's do a project to express this, because my daughter, who's got her arm like this now and walking around like a robot, she can easily get discouraged. Like, I can't do this. I can't do that. So, let's talk about how good God is. Let's let's focus our mind, as Psalm 123 says." Our eyes are on you, God. Let's wait on you like a servant. Let's trust you. What does that mean? So we started talking about how God is good, God is righteous, God is fair, God is loving, God is forgiving. Then I said, okay, but let's talk about what we're complaining about right now. And I used emojis like, like this. Uh, I use emojis like the thumbs down symbol, like things that don't go our way. When people, our our siblings don't share their toys, or when mom and dad says no to you, or when someone says something unkind to you, and then we use uh, this famous emoji right here. Anything that just kind of falls in this category of stuff, you know what I'm saying? This stuff removes our focus from God. God. Our emotions get tied in to everything that is bad, that is complaining. Now, this is not to say that we shouldn't vent or we shouldn't argue about things, but it's the attitude of our heart. Sure, I don't, you might not like the kind of music your kids are, are playing or your neighbors are busting uh, above you in your apartment or you might not like the lawn decorations your neighbor has or what they put on their balcony you know, when they're celebrating, whatever. You might not like those things and we can easily complain about them and argue about them. But it's the, the state of our heart that God says, when we, when we focus on him, we can handle those things different. We can respond to those ways that are graceful, that don't consume our time. Because Paul says, when we grumble and when we argue, when we complain, we warp ourselves. And we warp him. We become crooked because we can't see him in his goodness. All we can see are the negative things. The... Things that weigh us down, the things we are not happy with, the things that we would do different, which reveals our pride. I want to give us a moment as a church in your your notes. There's a a box here. What is weighing you down right now? What things are you complaining about? What things are not going your way? There's legitimate worries you could be writing down. What are you worried about for your future, for your family, the state of our, our country and world right now? What things are consuming you? Take a minute. And make a list. And if it's just one thing, if you can, you can do ten. Take a minute. Jot down. There's pens right in front of you. and now you maybe have at least one would anybody be so bold and confident as to share out loud what is on your list complaints, worries, fears, arguments fear of being alone, fear of being alone. thank you fear of, uh, the world. fear of hatred in the world <laughs> world crisis, world crisis. financial provision in the Bay Area
1: Hmm.
0: anyone else aging parents the future of the the America our kids, yes, growing up sometimes my complaints and arguments have to do with being right I want to be right, whether it's an idea that I have, a creative thing I'm trying to do, things that happen at home in this community, how you load the dishwasher, whatever. There are things that consume me that can easily distract me from the goodness of God. That's why we worship through song. That's why we sing these songs to renew our mind. The Israelites would have saying this. And gone through the psalm of ascents for that very reason. Because when you're out, and you're tired, and you're going somewhere, it's so easy to begin to think about everything that's wrong in the world. Everything that's not going right. The Israelites could have come up with any one of their historical events. They were enslaved in Egypt. Imagine this, on your way to Jerusalem, thinking about that. Like, gosh, God, why do you allow that? All these arrogant people who've oppressed us. They could have thought about their exile, their captivity by the Babylonians. Wow, this is heavy. That's why this song is there to remind them and to remind us to focus on God and his goodness. We are in a very similar situation in our country today. Just today, if you haven't heard, there was uh, police officers in Baton Rouge guns down. We are in a state of racial tension all over the country. And we as a church have to learn to respond and focus on God. To not have to be right. To not have to say things or think things or act in ways that so that she wouldn't be consumed with her own bitterness and unforgiveness. Can we welcome Leslie?
1: So, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I am the ninth child of ten kids to my mother and father. We had a vibrant household. We were pretty poor. We didn't really realize it at times because we were having so much fun. But we had common dysfunction like any other family. My parents raised us um, to know God, to learn about Jesus. We went to Sunday school. We were part of um, John Wesley United Methodist Church. We learned about the attributes of God and about Jesus. So that was put to the test in terms of what I really understood about God and Jesus. In September of 1974... I was a part of a group of girls that were selected by Baltimore City Public Schools. They asked my parents if I could be in the program, and they had a busing program, a busing project that they had, that we were going to be kind of shipped out to a county school. So off we went. First week went pretty well. Uh, The second week, I came out of gym class, and all of a sudden, um, I got down there a little bit early, and... I felt I was alone, but apparently there was someone else. Um, So it was a Caucasian young girl that came walking toward me, and she said with such hate, such anger, her lips were just so tight, and I never heard words as I heard her say. She said to me, I told you I don't want you all here. So I went into an immediate state of shock and confusion because... I, I'd never been told that before. I, I didn't understand. I heard the stories about my grandmother and, you know, my father and mother and, and different folks back in generations, but not me. So all of a sudden, um, I proceeded to open my combination lock, as we had back then. I know it's different these days. And the part that out um, was exposed. So she came closer to me, and she pushed me. All I know is my back went up against that part of the lock that protruded out. I felt my back started feeling warm, a warm sensation. I went to touch my back, and I'm like, hmm, it's sticky and it's warm. And I put my hand out, and it was blood. Another girl had come down after me from upstairs at the gym, and she ran to get the shower lady. We had shower lady to give out towels back then when you came down for gym class. She came over. Thank God she was a retired nurse. She slapped a towel up against my back to keep the blood from streaming out. She called the school nurse. The school nurse came. My mom came went off to the doctors, to the hospital. I was stitched up, and I'll never forget what the doctor said to my mother. I don't remember the exact, exact words, but it flowed to the sort of, if your daughter's back went any further into that protruding piece of steel, she would be paralyzed. But she'll just have a scar. That scar is still with me scars in my head, scars in my heart so what was precious was a couple of days later my mother, who was a quiet woman about 5 feet tall, she said to me some most impactful words that I didn't know what they would mean until I went off to college and grew as an adult and I'm going to lean on Pastor Tony here just for a second mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all good but he was precious and I had to recall I chose to recall I wanted to follow God and I wanted to follow what God was giving Pastor Tony and had to recount that again. But what she said to me were these words and I had had some time to write it out, to think of everything. She said, listen Leslie I know what you experienced by that girl made you feel some confusing things. Probably anger, sadness, hurt and pain. But it is an ugly thing called racism. But I want you to hear me and hear me good. And She never talked real strong but she really let me know. Hear her. And I did. She says, don't you go around the rest of your life thinking that all white people are like that girl. Her parents or someone in her life taught her those things. But we must pray for them and never return evil. Do not hold bitterness toward anyone. Let God take care of it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Those words had an amazing impact in my life. And I am so grateful to my mom and my father.
0: Leslie, stay with me for a moment here. We're at a very tumultuous time in our nation's history right now. We are invited to engage in these dialogues and we must do it humbly doing it from a place where we could listen and learn and confess and apologize. Even engaging with Leslie this week, it was so powerful. We talked for a good portion of time, and she shared she'd been in our community for over a year. She usually comes to our 855 gathering, and she'll do sign language as well, and she'll dance. But she said, I probably have maybe 10% of my conversations ever go beneath the surface in this community. No one really knows me in my experience and what it looks like to be a part of a church in which I am the minority. And I had to apologize to her and ask her forgiveness. And she also pointed out, as someone who makes a lot of the visuals, there's not a lot of people of color represented in our art, in our videos. And I totally appreciated what she said. And I had to listen and say, I'm sorry. And I want to learn. And I want us, as we talk about the Psalms of Ascent, not to brush aside lamenting or grieving But as we ascend to God, we can acknowledge these things humbly. We can open our hands and say, God, teach us. I'm sorry, I need to learn. I need to band together. This is the worship journey. I need my brothers and sisters. I need a diverse community to share my questions and to ask. And one way in is just to simply say, tell me about your experience. What are you feeling right now? And just listen quietly and humbly. In your message notes, I'm going to have Leslie pray for us in a minute. Just stay right here. In your message notes is Psalm 131. And the psalmist invites us to be like a weaned child before God. This is so convicting to me. That's why uh, I had the band play that song called Sinking Deep. Because, you know, I'm around kids and I can easily say my kids demand all their ways and are always like, Dad, Ma, I want this, I want this. But I'm a human being and I do that all the time. I demand my way. I've had friends of color tell me, Tony, your your insensitivity is so huge. Your arrogance toward my experience because you get defensive and you want to make your comments. I need you just to listen, Tony. And God has been inviting me to this as well, to humble myself before him because I want that place on the throne. I want to be God. I want things the way I want them. And he says, Tony, just open your hands. Like a weaned child who knows he or she will be provided for, who knows he or she will get the milk to just quiet yourself before me, to pray, to open your hands. And so as a church, uh, I'm going to invite us to do that even right now as Leslie prays for us. And if there's any other person who would like to come up and link arms right here, this is kind of... I don't know, we'll see what God does here. If you, were, if you felt like you were undergoing some sort of oppression because of your skin color, would you want to come up and join us? Uh, if you've experienced some sort of weight that is bearing you down in some way, would you want to come and join us as we focus our eyes on the Lord? And humbly say, God, we can get caught up in the arrogance and the pride around us, or we can focus on you and engage humbly and open our hearts, open our hands and open our minds to how you would have us respond. For everything we do, not just singing, but how we respond in conversation, on Facebook, in the workplace, can be an act of worship because we know God is good and he's on the throne. If anyone else who wants to come and join us or join Leslie as she prays, I just want to invite you to come up. I know it's a big step. It's just even as big as putting your hands up like this as we sing and sing, God, I surrender to you. And may that image not be of an image of of war or being forced, but as a weaned child who says, I trust you and I worship you. We're aware of what's going on in our body. Sometimes that can affect the way we think and act and live and worship. So Leslie, would you pray? Come on down here. If anyone wants to come and join us or stand with us, please, I invite you to. I know it's a big thing. Come join hands. We're praying Psalm one twenty-two, Psalm one twenty-three and Psalm one thirty-one that our eyes would be focused on God. We know there's oppression and arrogance going on in our world, and sometimes we're a part of it, and we need to repent of it. But others of us and our brothers and sisters of color need to know that we're with them, for them, and focusing our eyes with them on on the Lord. Would you pray for us, Leslie?
1: Yes. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you. We thank you for you, who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that we can assemble together peacefully here today and worship you, Lord God. We do not take that for granted. Thank you, Lord God. I ask that you will continue to bless PCC, that you will keep their hearts open, that you will open hearts, Lord God, that yet to be open, that those people of color that will come through the doors to just see what's going on here, Lord God, that they will be welcomed in such a way that they will feel your grace and presence, Lord God. We all have our limitations. We all have our times when we think generalities, Lord. But We ask that you would just help them to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. You say in your word, Lord God, in Second uh, Corinthians 7:14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face Lord God, turn from their sin and their wicked ways then I will heal their land we need your healing in this land even now Lord God so we ask that you will help PCC and all of us that are here today and others that are in previous services Lord God that we will link by faith Lord God and in spirit and do your work and have those bold conversations even though they may be awkward but to have them so that your will can be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You've been listening to the Peninsula
0: Covenant Church Podcast. We're located at 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard in Redwood City, California. You can reach us online at www.peninsulacovenant.com.